Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, part two. Um, I'm still on hold. Part two, Jonathan Van Ness. If you haven't heard part one, it's on the feed. Jonathan Van Ness of Queer Eye fame. Incredible. People talk a lot about anti-queer rhetoric and anti-trans rhetoric and and many other things in and around that. How have you seen the the discourse change towards you? I've seen, it just seems like there's a lot more anti-trans and anti-queer sentiment in the last year or so. Mm. And I don't think it's any necessarily like one thing. I think it's like a huge set of like kind of perfect storm factors that have like put queer and trans people like back in the forefront. And I think a lot of that in the United States has to do with the reversal of Roe v. Wade because when abortion was overturned, that was like a 50 year cultural experiment that like Republicans really trained as the boogeyman. And then once they were successful in overturning Roe v. Wade and took away reproductive freedom from, you know, millions and millions and millions of women in the United States, they really needed something new to terrify people with and something new to create as this like threat to society. Mm -hmm. And so that I think is a huge part of it. And I do think that, you know, if you look at 2020, there was like a couple dozen anti-trans bills in state legislators. 2021, there was like, you know, a few dozen. Um, 2022, there was like 45. And then this year there was over 500. So in state legislators proposed all around the United States. I don't think that it's, you know, QAnon or conspiracy theory to understand like conservative think tanks really did do a lot of work on like what issues stick, what issues turn people out and like dead babies and biological men infiltrating, you know, women's only spaces, that shit stuck. And when Mm. abortion already was overturned, they were like, this is what we can do to like, he's because Democrats can't even say what the fuck a woman is anymore. Um, as in, as of saying that like a birthing person erases a woman, it's, it doesn't erase anyone to add someone to the table, you know, because the truth is, is that non-binary people and trans men are capable of pregnancy. So using inclusive language doesn't erase women. It's just including another valid POV. Mm. I sense that more. I see that more. It's, um, it's, so, it's so interesting. The Roe v. Wade thing, because I knew all about Roe v. Wade, but the one thing I didn't know is that it could be reversed. Like when it was being reversed, I didn't think that happened. And it's so interesting that once that happened, then we feel like we're going back in time as queer people as well. And it feels like everything is is to play for. 
and I hadn't, I'd never actually joined those two dots. I mean, there was anti-trans backlash. I mean, there were, you know, TERFs who were railing about trans inclusion, you know, before Roe v. Wade. Mm. But I, but I think that Roe v. Wade accelerated and made more people realize that this idea of like, you know, women's only spaces and like biological men, you know, infiltrate, like, you know, like trans women don't transition to be in women's only spaces. They transition because they're women and like, it's, it it feels, Mm. you know, so obvious to me and to so many people, but yeah, I, I do think that that is like one thing that turned so many other people's attention towards trans people and to queer culture. Mm. It's and Alan Cumming always says this thing which I love which is like human rights aren't like cake it's not like there's only a certain amount to go around it's like there is enough for everybody and for whatever reason that is not the story that's being put out there but it's but it's really spread to the UK and I don't know why that is I mean I wonder if it is a direct copy of America or if it's just speaking to something bigger I don't know if, you know, who came first, but I feel like the anti-trans backlash already kind of had a home here. And then a lot of the turfs on my Twitter that have been there since, you know, like 2018 were here in the Mm. first place, you know, because y'all have your own homegrown turfs that are pretty (laughs) fucking, you know, and it's so weird how turfs love gender affirming care, like the amount of breast implants, hair color, facial filler, (laughs) Um, and so many TERFs is just astounding to me. And I, it's so much so that I sometimes I wonder about, like, you know, your male TERFs and your female TERFs. I think sometimes because they're taking so much estrogen, so much tea, so much implants, so much Botox, so much facial mm-hmm. filler, so many toupees, so many extensions. You know, we are living for the gender affirming care over there for cisgender people. And I think that they're worried that if trans people can get access to more gender affirming care, it's going to, like, use up all of it so that they can no longer access it. There's not enough trans people to take away your breast implants and your estrogen yeah. Uh, yeah. and your and your fillers. Uh, so there is enough, to your point, of abundance <laughs> versus scarcity mindset. Mm. That's another set I do in my comedy, which is like, tran- or turf people love gender-affirming care for themselves. And I did, I did hair in Los Angeles for my whole adult life. So the amount of like teenagers who I saw getting breast implants, nose jobs, mm. irreversible surgeries to kind of make themselves externally align with how Mm. they felt inside. You know, on the inside, they felt like they had a smaller nose or they Mm. had bigger tits or smaller tits. No one fucking blinked an eyeball at them. They are actually experiencing, in a a small way, their own gender dysphoria because they're like, I'm not matching up to some abstract idea of a woman over there, right? And and it could be a man as well. No, that's that's the tea. That's the thing. Although I will say on my podcast, I'm getting curious. I got to interview this really cool queer historian called Jen Mannion. Mm. And she told me about these people called female husbands, which was in the long 18th century. So we're talking like 1780 to like 1920-ish. And in this time, there was this phenomenon called female husbands where you would have a seemingly straight couple. You would end up finding out that the man was born a woman. And so in about 95, most of these cases ended badly for him. It was usually because the wife would find out that the man was cheating or it would be that the wife cheated on him Mm -hmm. and wanted to leave him. So then she would say like, he frauded me. Like, I didn't even know he was a woman. Like he fucking lied to me. You wouldn't even fuck me, but I found this other rich man who will fuck me. So I need to be out of this marriage or be the reverse where like she would be, she knew that, that this 
you know, man was born a woman, but maybe he cheated on her with somebody yeah. else. And so then the wife would be like, fuck him and his lying ass. He's a cheating motherfucker. There was this one story, I forget the guy's name, but he was like drunk in Manhattan in the 1800s. And when they arrested him for public drunkenness, they like were interrogating him because this one police officer was like, there's something amiss with this guy. Like, I know there's something and I'm going to fucking get to it. And as he finally got the this guy to admit that he was born a woman, his wife had been like pounding down the door of the police station, like being like, I want my husband, get me my husband. And then meanwhile, they were telling him like, oh, your wife's not here. She abandoned you. She doesn't give a fuck, blah, blah, blah. And so as they're getting him to admit that he was born a woman, the wife finally gets let in. And so she stood by his side. I'm getting the chills telling the story. But so she stands by his side, like all the way through the trial. And actually the um, masquerade laws that were ultimately used to first imprison and uh, penalize trans people for wearing like more than three articles of clothing from the opposite sex. This was the first time that they were tried, but his attorney was able to, because Mm. the masquerade laws were originally written for a British soldier or a British uh, person who was masquerading as an American patriot. Had nothing Uh to do with gender. And so these people in the 1800s were trying to say like, oh, well, this masquerade law applies here. And actually that was turned away by that judge and said, well, we would have to write a law for that because that's not what this law was written for. So that's precisely what they did. They took the Mm -hmm. masquerade law back. They rewrote it to say, okay, you can't be wearing more than three clothes of the opposite gender. But what's more interesting here is is that actually in the United States in this time, these female husbands were were covered much more negatively, Mm -hmm. much more like this is fraud. It's And then when you read it, it could have been from like five, like from now, like it's, you know, these, these men are, they're frauds. They were sneaky. You can't trust them. They're deviants. There's something wrong with these guys. Right. And they didn't consider themselves trans cause they didn't have that vernacular. So Jen Mannion was, you know, really big on telling me like, we don't call them trans because they didn't even. So, but, but what she says is that these men were definitely transing gender or like these people were definitely transing gender, whether or not, Mm. you know, they identified as trans, which I thought was interesting. But then the other interesting thing is, is that the United Kingdom actually covered them more positively in their newspapers. It was more like, oh, look at this bloke. Like, and so they were a little bit nicer about it here. But the really bigger takeaway from this is that when you have TERFs, prominent TERFs with huge platforms saying things like, you know, this is a brand new phenomenon. If I would have had exposure to XYZ, like I couldn't Mm. have da 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 da. The fact is, is that fucking trans people and people who exist outside of society's norms of what gender should look like have existed for literally hundreds, if not thousands of years on actually every fucking continent. You had the Roma were transing gender, Native Americans were transing gender, Aboriginal people and Indigenous people in Australia were fucking transing gender. You have people in Africa that were transing gender. You have people in the Middle East that were transing gender. This shit is not fucking new. And Mm. I'm so sorry that you don't like to hear it, but it's true. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why are people passing it off as new always? What what fear are they speaking to? That's the thing that I can't work out. I think it's because gender and gender expression is so deeply ingrained in us from such a small age, from the toys that you play with to the kids that you hang out with in class to it's everything. Mm. I mean, even from a gender reveal party, it's the gender binary is like so much of the foundations that our modern society was built upon. Mm. And you see a lot of watershed moments in history when that gets doubled down on and like further ingrained. And mm. I think in contemporary history, you see that a lot in like World War One, World War Two, like a lot happened in there about, you know, eugenics and about um what evolution is supposed to look like. And and really that kind of goes back Really, that's like Darwin and his fucking dumb cousin, Francis Galton, who invented eugenics, which I also learned about this on my pod. But Mm. that was really where, like, you know, evolution and, like, transporting survival of the fittest and evolution in the animal kingdom onto, like, humans and racializing that and genderizing that. So as to say that, like, I mean, if you look at explorers in the 1600s that were going to Africa prior to Galton's work, they were like, oh my God, these Senegalese, I'm paraphrasing here, but they were like, these Senegalese women have these beautiful bodies and they look different and these cultures are so amazing and everybody's so different and how cool is this? To then, once evolution becomes invented in the 1700s and then that gets taken on further into eugenics by Darwin's cousin, Francis Galton, that's when it was like, oh, these people are actually like barbaric. You know, they let the men run around naked and the women actually hunt stuff and they're civilizing, they're evol- they're evolving worse. They're evolving mm. into a barbarian. We, the Anglicans, we, the English, we are the height of civilization. We are actually evolving. Caucasians are actually evolving to be the pinnacle of human of the human race and we can see that by how these savages get their food over in the new country and how these savages over in australia and how these fucking people so that's they're like so in the 1600s before evolution they're like these people are kind of cool and then Mm -hmm. in the 1700s once evolution becomes a thing which gets taken on as science they're like wow Mm -hmm. like these people are fucking evolving to be worse and we we have to save them they're gonna burn in the pits of hell honey Mm -hmm. like they are not god's chosen people so we gotta go we gotta convert all these hoes and so that's really where the ideas of gender especially got like really ingrained into society and then it's just like been this like consistent escalation so i think that's why people are so upset i also learned in the pod from this like really cool like early china historian dr Zhui guo she told me this quote that i think about a lot which is that history was written by the winners Mm. like so the winners have been cishet christians largely (laughs) in western in, in the West. And so that's why when people think transness is so brand new, well, that's mm. because we've been erased from the history books. The fact is, is that we have existed, but that doesn't, I mean, look at what's happening right now in education. Even saying something like, oh, Billy's got two moms, that'll get you fucking fired in like three states right now. If one of the kids in class has a gay parents, 
They can't mm-hmm. fucking talk. Like, so when we say, you know, history is written by winners, like they won't even, we can't talk about the realities of the transatlantic slave trade because mm-hmm. it's going to make somebody feel bad. We can't, we can't talk about fucking anything that mm-hmm. happened. And the fact is, is that like people need to know where we came from so we can stop being stupid, uneducated cunts to each other. <laughs> but it doesn't seem to be happening. And also the thing that I'm other also kind of scared of, to be honest, growing up on like a cornfield in rural America, you know, in the age of like the Defensive Marriage Act and people looking at you in your face, in your gay face and being like, I don't think that marriage is between a man and a woman. I don't think that you should be able to have the same rights as me. And I don't think that means that I hate you. That just means that like, you know, we have a difference of opinion. When you're like, this is money, this is taxes, this is, like, my ability to create a family, to, like, show up in the world as I want. Like, if that's not personal to you, in the words of Aaron Brockovich, I don't know what the fuck is. Like, for people to just, like, say that to you so boldly, like, it... So, that's the area where we come from. And in that time, I used to think, you know what, things are gonna get better. Like, it can't get worse. We have this reliance on young people that, like, well, things can't stay like this forever. Mm. And when I see these radicalized young conservatives... I mean, there was like, the, I was just reading the story about this like college sophomore that just got sentenced to three years for his role in the Capitol riots. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of young conservatives. There's a lot of young Tories. There's like these, mm. this misinformation and disinformation and racism and transphobia and just patriarchy, it's persisting. And it's persisting longer than what I think anyone thought it would when we were coming up. So I think we really have to be honest about like, we haven't made as much progress as, as we necessarily need to. And we do need to be a little bit more like upfront about how much misinformation there is. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Because you do feel like it's something that is the last gasps of a generation who are moving on. But actually, like you say, there is a whole new generations being recruited. And, and I think that's chilling, even more chilling in a way, because they actually have access to the right information, perhaps how that generation above might not have. So you maybe forgive if you're feeling on a good day but it feels this sort of uh enchant they're so obsessed with stoking fear i feel like it, it it's that and you know and also i think part of my role on this planet is to like not necessarily always let them make me react and actually just be happy and you know thrive and do all those things and that is really transgressive actually and because I, I always remember when i started this podcast someone said to me they were like, well, why don't you get a priest on who doesn't agree with being gay? And I was like, well, because that's available everywhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is meant to be a space where you can actually, for once, everyone, all the ears and all the community you're listening with will just be like, you're you, no arguments. And I think that's that's super important, actually. And it's something you do incredibly. So, Jonathan, What's next for you? What's okay? What's going on for the rest of your time in London? This is my last day of working. My friend's getting married on Friday. Then my husband and I are going to go to Finland with my mom to try to see the Northern Lights, which is like a major bucket list trip for us. So I'm really excited for that. That's exciting. And podcasting wise, I just launched two new support podcasts in my Getting Curious universe. I heard which this. is pretty. It's really fun. I'm loving it. So. Pretty Curious is our beauty podcast. Um, And then Curious Now is our news podcast. Um, But Pretty Hmm. Curious is really about like, it opens with like the segment I call it Getting Ready With Me. And I go through my skincare, hair care, body care, makeup choices of the week. So that's Pretty Curious. And so then it goes from like, 
getting ready with me. Then I talk about like trends that I'm seeing, like hair color trends, beauty trends. And then I have like either another hairdresser or brand founder or like cosmetic chemist or like a doctor, like a plastic surgeon or like an injection person or like a nurse who helps with like plastic surgery recovery, just like all things beauty. So that's pretty curious. And then curious now, I open up with... uh I do like these three segments before my interview, which is headlines that even straight people are talking about. It's like the queer take on the headlines that everyone's talking about. Um, And then I, the second one is the gay agenda, which is like all of the things that I want people to be talking about. And then the third segment is on your radar, on your radar from Miss Britney Spears. And that's like stories that I like want to put on your radar. And then I also did Ask JVN, which is behind a paywall, which is basically like talk sex with Sue Johansson. It's high slut, high whore, not sure if any of my advice is right. And it's probably honestly medical misinformation. It's giving like Invermectin of <laughs> sex life. Um, I'm just kidding. because I'm not trying to be fake, but it's it's unqualified sex advice and sex stories with me. Um, behind a and paywall. And it's really fun. Yeah, behind a paywall <laughs> to keep me safe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's the end of Homo Sapiens for the week. I'm still on hold. I've got to say, this song, I don't tire of it. The BT tune. BT, B-A. Every time, Chris. Hey, so, hello at homosapienspodcast.com. At homosapiens on Instagram. That's how you get in touch with us. Um, don't be shy. You know, we're here. We're queer. Let's all get used to it. Um... We love chatting. Next week, we are welcoming back etiquette expert William Hansen of Help I Sexted My Boss. It is the man has become a TikTok superstar in the interim. A million followers on TikTok. And we have a very, very funny chat. We hear all about his wedding. If you remember, he was getting married last time we saw him. And so we get the full skinny. Um, Alrighty, um, I'm just going to go back to being on hold. Pray for me. All right, bye now. 